we continue the Locked On Coyotes Grow the Game series. It's our third episode. Joining us, we have a special guest from Tucson. We're going to introduce him in just a moment. But this is the Grow the Game series once again on Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Robin Leonio, joined by Carl Pavlik of FiveForHowling.com. We have a special guest as we do the Locked On Grow the Game series, as once again, we highlight people and organizations dedicated to helping grow the game of hockey here in Arizona. Before we get to anything, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Never, ever have a paywall. Let's get things started. We're introducing our special guest of today's show, the president of the Tucson Junior Roadrunners Youth Hockey Association, Jeremy Bow. Jeremy, thanks for coming on this episode. We appreciate, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I'm going to start start off this show with something that I asked Lindsay to start off the show and something that we're probably going to ask every future guest that comes on this that series. Does hockey belong in Arizona? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, all you got to do is walk around the street, you know, whether it's up in Phoenix or in Tucson or, or out in Yuma or Prescott Valley, um, you see kids walking around in hockey jerseys, going to school in hockey jerseys with the pins and the lanyards for their favorite hockey teams. Hockey's already here. The rest of the state just has to catch up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I am... You know, especially now seeing a lot more just hockey stuff amongst younger people in general. It used to be, um, you know, we were talking a lot about Gila River Arena because, you know, Coyote's time there is coming to an end. Yeah. But I do remember years ago, it was more kind of focused start the older fans. But now I think, you know, since, you know, Austin Matthews being drafted first overall really seemed to solidify it in the general hockey mind. But there's been a greater focus on youth hockey, which has just been, you know, definitely something that's happened in Arizona, but has, you know, maybe been a little bit unreported. So glad that we can highlight it now. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and, you know, get, get, get to know you um, and talk about the stuff that you work that you do. Uh, you're the president of the Junior Roadrunners. Uh, they've been around for, you know, I mean, I think before they were a diff- under a different name, if I'm not mistaken. It's the uh, the the Wildcats uh, before the Roadrunners came. Yeah, we've been around for for this. We just finished our tenth season, uh, and we started nice. out as the, uh, officially we're still the Wildcat Youth Hockey Association. Um, we go by the Junior Roadrunners for our uh, for our programming, though. There you go. But yeah, but tell us about the, pro- the program. So you said you know just finished your tenth season. How was that growth? Because again, you know you got you can't you started before the Roadrunners came in the town, and then the Roadrunners came and. All of a sudden, you got this extra boom coming of people, kids wanting to play hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I have an 11-year-old son, um, and he started when he was uh, four years, four and a half, five years old uh, on ice, started in line before that. Um, and I can tell you that first year that we were with the Junior Roadrunners, um, we only had 12 or 14 kids in the entire 8U age level, um, which is four, five, six, seven, and eight. We had 
a dozen kids. The entire association from four to 18, um, we had maybe 60. And I think maybe eight or 10 of those were girls. Um, at this point, uh, pre-COVID, we had close to 250 uh, skaters um, and 60 to 65 girls in the program. Huge growth, uh, both at the, the youngest youth levels, the AU, all the way up girls hockey, everybody, everything has grown tremendously. Um, this past season, we took a little bit of a step back, but that was kind of always going to happen coming out of a, we didn't have a season uh, the year before because of COVID. We were completely shut down all year. Uh, the convention center here in town, it's the only ice. Uh, and so it, it wasn't available to us because uh, of that. Uh, and it's, it's city owned. So because of the city regulations and COVID protocols and stuff, it wasn't available to us. Um, but coming out of of that year we we did recede a little bit we were expecting it some families went to uh to phoenix to play um we've had some kids who had the bug and then with that year off they found something new and that's great as long as they're you know still getting into something that they love and that they're enjoying that's great um we finished this year with a skater so a little bit lower than we have been but still a, a lot of kids and we're still growing um 30 40 kids every year we're bringing in new skaters Nice. That's great. Especially because, you know, when it's about kids hockey, I do think back to growing up as a kid and the sports that I was involved with, uh, and they tended to be very low cost sports uh, because my parents did not have a lot of funds. Uh, so I did wrestling because it's like, hey, it's the cost of headgear and wrestling shoes. And that is all. Um, yeah. I could only imagine someone coming out of a pandemic where you potentially, you know, lost your job, or like you said, some people just finding the new connections up in Phoenix and, and like having to do that as well. So I, I hope there will continue to be growth uh, in the next coming years. Uh, hopefully like, you know, as things start to open back up, you know, we're getting more professional hockey, more people going to games, uh, both in Phoenix and in Tucson. Hopefully that tra translates to some more kids signing up in the next coming years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're already seeing that um, just from October, early October, when we started this past season, um, even after Christmas, we started seeing families who were moving to town, families who were hearing about us on TV, seeing games, the Roadrunners reaching out to us. Um, and so just mid-season, mid-flow, we probably picked up about 20 or 25 new skaters after initial registrations, which is more than we've had ever in years past. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of families moving to Tucson who are from day one, even before they're showing up in town, they're getting online and they're looking up youth hockey in Tucson, seeing what's going on. So before they even officially moved here, they're reaching out to us saying, hey, how do we get involved so that the first day we're there, my kid can be involved because they're playing in Minnesota, they're playing in Michigan, they're playing in Missouri, back east somewhere. Um, South Carolina, we had a, a player come out with us this year uh, from South Carolina, and they're reaching out to us. Uh, and so we saw more out of town families coming in than we've ever seen in the past as well. So that was it's really a, a huge boon for the, our registrations. Um, and nice because we're getting new perspectives and new styles of play and kids who didn't come up through, through our system. Um, so we're getting a lot of variety in, in the families and, and new blood coming in. It's great. That's absolutely awesome. One of the things that like I was super glad to be able to have you on and talk about junior, the junior runner, drone runners, because to me, I was thinking about how, you know, all this is coming first full circle for me, because uh, when I was a student at the University of Arizona, I actually interviewed one of your one of your coaches okay. um, and actually was I did it for my journalism project. 
uh, Ryan DeJoe, I, I talked to and yes, I, and I was like, I was like, I could just see the passion that he and and all the other coaches have for the program, and just see that in Tucson too, because you know, like uh, outside, because again, you have the Wildcats and the Roadrunners, and you have the youth program now, you have the adult program now, and just seeing hockey grow here in Tucson and just the last six, the almost seven years I've been here, it's just been awesome. Yeah, Ryan is is such an incredible resource for us. He's our, our coaching director, hockey director. Um, so he's responsible for the on-ice product, essentially. He sets up the practice plans. He sets up rosters, the, all of the on-ice uh, decisions. Um, and he's been with us from the beginning. He's been here a lot longer than I have. He's goes back all 10 years. Um, I've been involved for about the last seven or so. Um, and he's really kind of been my, my line mate going since then. And I, I couldn't do any of this without him. Uh, really, if you hear success stories about our, our players, our teams succeeding on the ice, um, it's, it's because of Ryan. And, and none of us get paid. No one. None of, no one on the board of directors, not one of our coaches, not Ryan, not myself. We're all volunteers. Uh, we do this because we love it. You know, we all have full-time jobs um, that frequently take more than 40 hours a week. Uh, but we're doing this three, four, five, six days a week at the TCC, at the convention center, because we love it. And we see the look on these kids' faces when they're out there. We see the look on their faces when they succeed, when they learn a new skill. And we can't let that go by the wayside. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we still got more to get to, though, on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We have Jeremy Bow from the Junior Roadrunners joining us on today on today's show. As we discuss growing the game once again, we're going to get to more of the episode in just a moment. But first, I want to let you guys know that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. Also, let's not forget the Stanley Cup playoffs are underway. You can make your bets as the first round is you know just just getting. Midway through, it's very exciting. I absolutely love it. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's continue this now. Once again, Robin Leano, Carl Pavlik, Jeremy Bow joining us joining us on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Um and uh Jeremy, one of the things that I actually, you know, love that um, that when you when you reached out to me for this because it was you were part of a shout out at the end of our last one with Matthew Marshall of Alpha, um, and because you because um, from what I understand, you are a member of the of the Alpha Pride League, and uh, and are hoping to bring some of that down here to Tucson as well. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um... You know, I, I actually have only known uh, Maddie since uh, last summer, um, and Matt Schott put us in touch um, shortly before he passed, and it was really the beginning of something special for me, um, meeting uh, Maddie, and because we have never had uh, any kind of um, pride or queer hockey here in Tucson, at least as far as I can remember, um, and so there wasn't really that community and that's not to say that the adult leagues that we have aren't fantastic um you know danny and, and the guys who run that are are wonderful they do a great job but there's something about having a space of your own 
and I'm queer. I've never had that community myself. I've never been able to show up at the rink and, and look around and see 23 other players just like me, you know, who we're all unique, but we're all there for the same reason. We all have that same love and community in our hearts. And, and so getting to find that connection uh, through Alpha really was a game changer for me. Um, and it, it really inspired me to get more involved uh, in my own communities and, and bring that to Tucson. And that was the first thing I said to, to Matt when, when uh, we first started talking about Alpha was this has to be in Tucson. Um, and there is absolutely a plan to have that happen uh, once we have the new facilities here um, that's going to be moving, moving south. And uh, the plan is to have an, an Alpha Tucson branch. Nice. That's awesome. Go, go ahead, Carl. Well, I was going to say like one thing that really we, we've kind of mentioned, but for, for people who may not be aware, there's not a lot of ice in Tucson, uh, so much so that uh, going all the way back to when I first started talking about um, ASU U of A hockey, mm-hmm. they would bring up the fact that the U of A team would have to drive up to Chandler. Uh, and if you are not in Arizona, you do not realize how just – a significant portion of your life that is and how draining that experience is. So it is great to see growth in, in Tucson. And it's also just kind of phenomenal to see like how much has happened in such a, you know, an environment that doesn't have like a lot of rinks. Like, so you do just have the, the convention center and you know, that's a, a limited resource. So it's great to see what's been done with, with, with so little and what could hopefully be done once we get the, the new ice open. Yeah, very much so. And, and look, the convention center has been a, a great home for us for the last uh, eight years or so, uh, 10 years. And, but there's limitations, you know, that building was not designed as a community ice rink. It is a convention center. It's there for concerts and shows and Disney on ice and Cirque du Soleil and bad bunny concerts. Um, and that's great. They do a great job with what they have. Um, but it, like I said, it wasn't designed as a community ice facility. So there aren't, there isn't a full set of locker rooms. We're, we're changing on rubber runners in, in an open area. Um, you know, the, the scoreboard and things like that, we've been able to work around, but a lot of times we're, we're kind of setting a, uh, using an app on our phone and setting up a score on a TV in the penalty box using an air horn. Um, so we've had a great relationship with the convention center. Uh, up to this point, and we're going to continue to have that until the new building gets here. Um, but we're really excited to have a, a physical home where we can actually um, have predictable ice, a predictable schedule, um, and and know that we're going to be able to skate when we're ready to skate. Plus, with all the uh, all the programs that are that are, that are emerging, like yeah, that's going to be needed, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because right now, look, we share this ice, this one sheet in Tucson at the convention center. Roadrunners get their uh, pick of the schedule. U of A goes out and they have a full schedule to put on. Then it's the youth league, the adult league. There are a couple of uh, pickup leagues uh, through some of the larger employers here in town. Uh, Border Patrol, Raytheon, they have pickup teams that come in and play. So we're really, everyone is, is scraping to get that ice time. Um, you know, nobody has what they need. And we've really been limited as far as how much we can do with our programming and expand because of the ice. There's just no room to put our kids out there. And from what I understand, yeah. too, is ice time is not cheap. <laughs> no, it, but I will say it's uh, pretty consistent uh, across the state and across the country, really. Um, you know, it's it's not cheap. I don't want to get into all the numbers. I don't want to tell someone else. Yeah, <laughs> sure. This is business. Um, but no, you're, you're talking single hour of ice. Um, and, and 
it's not cheap. And you have that cost on top of the already exorbitant cost for any kid to get into hockey. Um, so, you know, it just, it all adds up and it makes it really challenging. Yeah, definitely. But, but like I said, uh, I am just amazed at how you have you know risen to meet that challenge and, and how just how many programs there are. I didn't even know about the, the pickup rec leagues. Like that oh, yeah. never even like crossed my mind as something that's also happening at Tucson Convention Center. Yeah, and they, they end up skating late at night. Just like, you know, you go to any rink in the country in North America, there's going to be a group of, of adults who are skating at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock at night, 930. So that's just kind of when, when they can skate and what they can do. Yeah. And that's absolutely astonishing. You know, just seeing how much, how many, like, how, like, like I mean, especially here, because like, like based, based of how much you have to pack in, I'm just like, yeah. think of when that thing is not being used and like, People used to, because I think I, you know, I, I know I think back to and you know, let's look at you know NHL and AHL teams that share the same ice. I'm thinking, you know, like the like the San Jose Sharks and and Bar- and San Jose Barracuda for a while. You know, they like up until this this past season, they shared the same ice rink, and everyone was like, oh, why would they do that? Because like it scrapes up the ice. The ice is no longer good for for a certain game, so someone gets screwed. And now you have what, like what we're talking about here. You have multiple programs: the Junior Roadrunners, the Roadrunners, the you know the Wildcats. All of that, always sharing that ice. That's astonishing. Yeah. In a building and, that was not built for ice. Uh, that's right. Yeah, you know, and it was built in the early '70s, and and they had the uh, the Tucson Mavericks. You know, they were you know a, a professional team with the WHL back then. Uh, excuse me, a minor league team feeding the WHL, uh, Houston Arrows, uh, back in the '70s. So. There, there's been hockey here forever, but you're absolutely right that, you know, the ice does become an issue. Luckily, the TCC really does have a great ice crew. Um, and because we're actually pretty lucky, I, sometimes I worry about for the AHL, for the U of A, um, what their ice conditions are after we've skated. But with because there are standards of ice quality that are in place for the AHL and for the collegiate program, when we get out there, the ice is fantastic. The ice has been cut well. It's hard. It, it skates well. So we're really blessed to be able to to skate on that ice and in that building. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, that's just it's one of the benefits of of being with a professional program, like you said. Yeah. The AHL has standards, so uh, I think the the Coyotes buying uh, their AHL affiliate and moving it to Tucson has just had phenomenal effects uh, i know that every time i've gone down to tucson to see the roadrunners play it is definitely a very different atmosphere than a coyotes game in yeah. a very in a way that's very distinct do you think that um like that hockey history is a big part of tucson and like people who are living there that just doesn't get talked about as much as some of like you know the coyotes and the old you know phoenix roadrunners connection yeah, um, I, I honestly, I don't think that most of, of the community down here in Tucson really has that perspective of the history that hockey has in Tucson. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, the Roadrunners did a kind of a, a heritage night uh, um, and they wore throwbacks to the old Phoenix Roadrunners, the blue and white with the yellow highlights. Uh, they wore those jerseys. But no, uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people um, and they said, I didn't even know we had hockey in Tucson. And that's Last week, they're saying this to me. They don't know that the roadrunners are here. So much of this city really is kind of oblivious to it. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, 
I have no idea why, but we're trying to figure it out and try to improve that. But yeah, there it does. It goes back to the 70s. And then we had the, the Gila Monsters playing. We had the Sun Dogs in the Prescott Valley. Hockey has been here in Arizona for almost 50 years now, more than 50 years now. So there really is a legacy of it. Um, there are families, there are, are people who do remember it, but not nearly as many as I wish did. And, and like you did mention before, there are a lot of people who are moving from, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, Chicago, the classic places that people move to Arizona from. Uh, yeah. Same people are up here in the Valley or down there in Tucson. And, and so they don't necessarily have that that same connection. I know I am from Western New York originally, uh, a couple miles or hours outside of Buffalo, and I didn't know what Arizona's hockey like tradition was until I looked it up. Uh, it's certainly not being told by the general hockey establishment. Yeah, I think there's there's more that could be done, but you know, I, I'm it, it's very very hard to try to put some kind of um, whether it's public relations or media or something campaign together to just connect with people on, on that level and say, look, we, we've been here. We're going to continue to be here. Um, there's a commitment of the team, of the franchise to be in Tucson. The Coyotes want the Roadrunners here. The Roadrunners want to be here. Um, so I, I do think this is an opportunity, though, because all of the hockey we've had in, in Southern Arizona has been kind of disjointed, right? We had the Mavericks in the early 70s, and then you had the Phoenix Roadrunners and the Gila Monsters, and it's all been... 10 years separating with nothing in between. And then all of a sudden you drop a little bit of hockey back in and then it goes away. So I think this and having uh, the, the regional and the financial commitment from the ownership to keep these programs, these franchises here in Arizona, I think we have a new opportunity to start a new legacy. We don't have to go back and say, we're reflecting what the Phoenix Roadrunners, we're reflecting what the, the Gila Monsters did, the Mavericks did we get a chance to create a new uh, set of fans with these kids who are coming up knowing nothing else except hockey in Tucson. Uh, so I think this is really the foundation for what we're going to see 10, 20, and 30 years from now. Absolutely amazing. We still got more to get to on this episode of Locked on Coyotes. Once again, it's the Grow the Game series with Jeremy Bow. We're going to talk, talk more about him, talk about other things that are coming up in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Carl. So, I have a message from our friends at Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on a family vacation. You can throw them in your bag, you can throw them in your kids' bags, you can make sure that everyone has a Built Bar so they're fueled up for their summer adventures. And the best part, they're healthy and delicious. So, there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order now. Most built bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to your average candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You can go to built.com and order all your favorites. You can got banana cream pie, my personal favorite. You got raspberry. You got double chocolate. So many, you're going to find one that you love. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So back here on Lockdown Coyotes, Robin Leon, your Carl Pavlik, and Jeremy Bow. It's the Grow the Game series. 
of this of the Lockdown Coyotes. One of my favorite the, one of my favorite series that we've been putting on together all year long. As we get, once again highlight people who are helping grow the game of hockey right here in the state of Arizona. So Jeremy, we talked about the struggles that you have to go through in you know one sheet of ice, and it's what's awesome you know seeing that you perse- um, you know persevered through that. And that you're a part of a, a major player in help, trying to help create the uh, the mosaic quarter that's being built. That's that's hope you know that's trying to get built up here in in Arizona, right by the Kino Sports Complex, I believe, where it's got what the a new ice flex. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, uh, Frank Knott of Knott Development um, came in a, a few years ago, and and he and I got in touch and. Uh, as well as well as uh, some other players here in town, um, contractors and whatnot, his whole whole development team, and they put together a a really robust and profound um, response to the Pima County's uh, request for proposal to develop uh, the land down just on the south side of I ten across from the base uh, the Kino Baseball Stadium. Um, there's a bunch of vacant land next to all those soccer fields, and they were looking for a development partner to uh, put up some kind of athletics complex, amateur athletics complex. Um, so we were very fortunate to, to win that award. Uh, so we are expecting to break ground here uh, late fall um, or into the winter here uh, at the end of the year. Um, and actually, that that's our logo, Mosaic Quarter. Nice. Um, and it's not just hockey. I'm going to get stuck on the hockey, so let me go through a couple of the other things. There's going to be a a stadium, uh, a long field stadium. Uh, there's going to be a field house that'll have eight hard courts for basketball and volleyball and gymnastics and martial arts and all kinds of stuff. Um, there'll be a half-size field house called the Sportsplex, so a total of 12 uh, hard courts. There's going to be an open-air uh, event pavilion. There's going to be uh, all, all kinds of opportunities, public art public uh, stadium kind of seating outside and lawn seating, restaurants, hotels. It's going to be a lot like what you see in Anaheim, what you see at Main Gate, uh, uh, excuse me, at uh, Westgate up in Phoenix for with Glendale. Um, but the Iceplex, let's be honest, that's what gets us all excited. Um, yep. The Iceplex is going to have three sheets. Um, the first sheet is actually going to be the new home sheet for the University of Arizona's uh, hockey program. Um, University of Arizona is also expanding their hockey program to include a women's team and a sled hockey team, an adaptive sled hockey team. Um, nice. So we'll be host- hosting all of that on their sheet. It'll be branded for them, have that beautiful block A at center ice um, for the first time. Um, the other, We will also be able to use that sheet when they're not on it, but the other two sheets are going to be dedicated for community use, for youth, for the adult leagues. Um, and it'll be the first time we've ever had more than one sheet available to us, which means all of a sudden we don't have to put 75 kids in the 8U level from four to eight all on the ice at the same time. I'm telling you, it's too many. If you've <laughs> ever if you've ever owned a cat or a kid, 75 <laughs> is too many. Um, so being able to split that out and say, let's do a 6U age group. Let's do an 8U age group. Let's uh, separate it. Let's create a purely developmental uh, session of ice. Let's do a bridge session. Let's have a travel session. And you can really have that broken out. We're able to expand into all girls programming. Um, We've been talking with Lindsay and with the Kachinas for many years because we haven't had the facility to be able to expand. You know, to have an all girls program, you need to have that dedicated space, the dedicated time. 
dedicated locker rooms, which we just haven't had. So being able to do that, we're going to reach just exponentially more kids than we've been able to. We're going to be able to serve the kids who are already. And honestly, there it will change the landscape of amateur athletics and hockey specifically here in Southern Arizona. Um, Mosaic quarter, Mosaic iceplex. It's, it's going to be an absolute game changer for what we have going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it. We we talked uh, prior about like how much has been done with just one sheet. And, you know, as soon as we start talking about this, there's three sheets, like that's triple the ice. Uh, you could just imagine like how much more that can do and how many other programs you could have and just completely kind of build new things. It's, it's, it's great to see something like that happen in Tucson. Uh, and it, it does seem like there is a very big embrace of hockey. Uh, I know you, you said that you know, there's still more work to do, still more outreach to be done with people. Always. But uh, when I first saw a you know U of A game, there wasn't even netting behind the goal and i'm like i do not want to sit here i do not want to go to games here uh and now to see like you know the pictures of the facility and and hear like all the details it's just you know so much growth in such a short amount of time yeah when that when that first came out you know when the the news came out about the about the uh the the mosaic quarter and the iceplex i was like i was ecstatic because i because not only reading about you know seeing the all the possibilities of seeing all, you know, the growth of the programs, as you were mentioning, but also what he also mentioned in the, you know, the expansion of the U of, into the U of A, you know, programs, right. getting, adding the women's team. That's awesome. And adding, you know, this, you, know you said the sled team, I think also they even, what I even read a sec, like a second men's team that would be like yep. a theater team. So like, it's like, so like three new programs, three new teams right. for the U of A, which is absolutely awesome. Um, and with a dedicated space, maybe an NCAA c- team in the next couple of years. That I mean, that's the hope, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't hold your breath in the next couple of years. But yeah. I mean, look, the, the more hockey grows in Southern Arizona, um, the, the more that's going to become a necessity down the road. Um, they're having a Division One team. Uh, and Carl, you're in Phoenix you, with ASU. Um, having a Division One team is, is tremendously expensive. There's all yep. kinds of, of legal... Title IX, administrative, logistical, uh, things that go into that. Um, it's not as easy as just saying we have a 20-player roster of, of Division One caliber skaters. You have to have all the others, the support structure, too. Um, and that's something that, that right now isn't there. But I, I know the U of A is always looking at, uh, you know, it's what they can do and how they can grow. I mean – uh, I, I do remember when ASU made the jump from ACHA to NCAA. That was just a, a phenomenal period. Uh, but I do remember, what was it? Uh, was it Pittsburgh or Buffalo? One of the colleges back east, like getting a stadium, does, like looking back, seem like the first step to making that jump because, you know, as you've said so many times, like having that space is important. And like, once you have your space, you can really start to build and develop now. And yeah, more. That, that's and, right. Yeah. It, it just seems like it's, you know, a prime opportunity for everything to grow. It's just a massively fertile ground that is being made with that the Mosaic Center. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's going to give more players and more kids, more adults, the opportunity to get involved in, and I mean, look, your whole series here is, is grow the game, right? This is how you grow the game. You, you right. find a space you, or, and if you can't find one, you build one 
and you create the atmospheres and the spaces within the facility so that everybody can get involved. Uh, you know, we, we talked about um, Alpha and how I drive to Phoenix at once a week, more sometimes to play hockey in Phoenix. It's two hours each way. Um, so being able to kind of migrate that and, and create a space for myself, for people like yeah. me, for anyone who needs a space, regardless of what that looks like for them, um, this building is going to give us the opportunity to do that and reach more people and and just get everybody involved. And that goes back to you know the conversation I was having, you know, that, that we were having with 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 uh, with Matthew on that was was uh, you know like I would have loved you know, to you know I would love to be a part of you know of Alpha as well now you know you know and have myself learn hockey you know you know be of that kind of community, but the drive to Phoenix oh, yeah. is just so hard to do often that it's just you know like. So when I first when when he told me that you know the idea of it coming down in Tucson and obviously have, you know, having you on and you know talking about you know get the mosaic quarter in here like that's gonna make it so much easier for you know for people like us to be able to you know have a community like that and it's awesome. Absolutely, it, it really warms my heart. Honestly, um, the the sense of, of of pride. I know that sounds cheesy to say, but the sense of joy, the sense of love and community I get when I'm around the, those players, the whole Alpha program, they're absolutely fantastic. And Matt has done an incredible job uh, and his board of directors getting that going for that first season they just uh, had. But you walk into that locker room and it's just joy and it's love and it's pure hockey. Everyone's just there because they want to be and they love it and they, they feel safe and supported. Uh, and that's just not something that everyone feels walking into their average men's league, their average adult league or beer league. Um, so that has been a real anchor in my life. Um, and, and look, these last couple of years have been, uh, you know, it, it, we, we are, we're all in love with a sport that sometimes seems like it doesn't want us as a fan. Um, so being able to reconnect with hockey in a way that is deeply personal for me uh, is probably the only reason that I'm still with the junior Roadrunners, still a hockey fan. Cause you know, the last year or two has been really dark for my fandom. I I've walked away from my team. I've kind of or orphaned myself as a fan and, and it, because you look at the headlines and it's something else every day. So being able to create uh, this community, what Matt has done in Phoenix and what we're hoping to do here in Tucson to break through all of that and just give people the space and the hockey that they want and let them reconnect and, and fall in love with that sport all over again. I can't wait for that opportunity. Absolutely. And again, that's and again, and that's the whole point of this all right. Growing the game, as you said, like as we're, as we've all been saying, and it's, and it's completely awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh... Hockey is the thing where you said it. Uh, we all love it, but sometimes it just it's, it's not the best. And there is something kind of beautiful in just finding, you know, the pure hockey of it all and not having to deal with anything else. Yeah. But um, but that's all that's all that we have. Anything you like anything else you'd like to share with us that maybe we might have missed or that you'd like to you'd like to add before we get ready to close things off? Oh, I guess just uh, keep an eye out for the fall. We're Junior Roadrunner is going to be starting up again. Uh, we'll have uh, a couple of tryout sessions uh, to see uh, where just kind of, not really tryouts, assessments. No player gets cut for us. Um, we'll do that in August. And 
it'll be up in Phoenix because we won't have ice here yet. So, uh, <laughs> but keep an eye out on social medias, Junior Roadrunners, JuniorRoadrunners.com. Um, keep an eye out. We'll put any all of our news up there, and and anyone who's been interested or has neighbors, family, kids, anything, uh, reach out by all means. Uh, let me know, and I'll answer any questions I can. You mentioned the what that you mentioned that website. Where else can uh, like uh, supporters and other people find you in the work that you that you do? Uh, yeah, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. I believe there's an Instagram. Like I said, I'm a little old, so I don't have all the social medias. Um, but we're out there. Um, if you just look up Junior Roadrunners, we're we're the only ones there. Uh, but JuniorRoadrunners.com, uh, you, you can find us there, and that's all of our information. Our website. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, really appreciate you coming on. It was a great conversation. Uh, and we're excited to continue to be going in the game and excited to get you on because Tucson is my is you no know, is my home to get to hear it all stuff like that. Absolutely amazing. Well, yeah. thank you for having me. I, I loved it. Anyways, we're gonna close things off on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, on Instagram at LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. That is Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlock is Carl Pavlock F-F-H. Interact with us, ask them the question you might have, we might answer them right back, or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us on this episode. As and as, again, as a quick reminder, we do have uh, later in the uh, coming up later our live show as we discuss the NHL draft lottery. The results from that, we're gonna have our live reactions. That will be later. But thanks again for this episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.